Oh, good morning. Welcome to the Science Podcast with me, Mr. Short, Mr. Atkinson, morning, Mr. Forsyth, morning. and Mr. Young. Good morning. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. This is our first podcast of 2023. Oh, it feels like ages ago. So we're going to talk about batteries today, and perhaps it will link in because we are just talking about the news and the British factory Gigavolt. Does anybody want to talk British, about that? British Volt, yeah. Just a, a startup company that are looking to make batteries for cars and things like that. Obviously, electric cars, the jury's out on them a wee bit. They do have major flaws, but it is the way things are going. And so to reduce dependence on other nations, Britain are trying to make, make their own. But uh, And they had this great plan, everything set up, ready to go. Just need a bit of money to get started and nobody wanted to put the money in. And now they're looking at administration. Well, a bit of money is was what, 30 million they were looking to because yeah. they're going to build a massive uh, production plant because obviously the expectation is because in Scotland obviously we're going to be out of um, carbon hydrocarbon fuel cars by 2030 so all of those need to be replaced by uh, electric cars and to underpin that you really need to make the damn things go so a battery would be good. Uh, and I guess it's it's another one of these ones. Uh, I was just saying before we, we started here that um, for all the money that uh, startup companies require to, to get kicked off, to throw that cash in, um, and obviously we think about all the money that was um, thrown away or lost during the pandemic because nobody was checking to see what was what was happening to that cash. This company had looked for startup funds, so they were looking for thirty million to kick this off, uh, and weren't able to secure that funding. Uh, and eventually it's kind of all caught up with them. They, uh, they've, they've gone straight into administration. And it's actually, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's good that there's a stage gate for these sort of things that, you know, at least we caught it before we threw too much money away. Uh, but I guess part of the issue is why did nobody want to get into that business? Because, I mean, that's, that's a growth industry. Loads of jobs, a massive plant that would have been built would have been a great opportunity. I, and even at its, its basic just now, that's, there's 300 people that were employed by that company just now to initiate this programme. They've, they've pretty much been made redundant effectively overnight. Right? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a key, key part of the future is, is, are batteries. We need batteries for everything and storing energy. So it is key, and having that factory here was probably is a wise step, but I'm not sure. Out, sorry, did you find out where they're getting the batteries from instead? China. The only other importer of the batteries for the electric cars is China, so it must be cheaper to import the batteries from and China they have, than it is one fact, They have one factory in the UK, I think it's just outside Newcastle, mm. right. somewhere around there. That's outside Nissan, yes. Nissan, Nissan's ah. headquarters somewhere. But well, it must be cheaper then to do that than start it up from scratch. Yeah, I think it's always difficult to start things up from scratch, but batteries are the future, and having that on in the UK would have been good. We've got a lot of technical expertise in universities. So the, the debate on whether we need cars or not is slightly different, and where we get our batteries from is slightly different, because individualised, personalised transport is probably a bit uh, on the way out, I would hope. In some you, ways, you, you like to think so. so. We, we mean we should we should yeah. be more efficient. So whether we should be using cars or not is not quite the question today. It's the question today is about batteries, and we do will need storage because of fossil fuels running out. So, on that basis, let's start off. <laughs> batteries. Um, we've got mains electricity. So electricity comes from a source. It's generated in a source, 
and comes through wires into our homes. We can plug a plug into the wall yep. and get electricity. Like electricity. 230 yeah. volts. Yep. Um, and oh, the this. current is relatively high, <laughs> but we'll stick with the voltage for just now before we get confused. The most you'll get current-wise is 13 amps from one of those mains. Oh yeah, because there's it's a 13, 13 amp fuse, fuse isn't it, and that'll stuff. work. Um, so batteries we can carry around, we don't yeah, need... Portability, so, yeah. you know, they, like us, like old duffers like me, we, we remember the only time you could get a phone call was if you were in the house at the time, because the phone was attached to the wall and attached to the wires, attached to the uh, telephone system nowadays. Uh, you can you can catch your phone in the top of a mountain. You can catch it in a yeah. cinema. So, what is a battery? Phone. And we'll start. Mr. Forsyth can kick us off because it's part of chemistry, and then we can move <laughs> oh, on to the physics part. I feel like throwing straight in the street. You see, I was going to go the other way because I guess um, the history of the battery was is kind of um, would be kind of kind of not quantified because it's an I'll get that wrong. Is it is Galvani? Galvani and Volter. So, yeah. so Galvani we... and Volter. So uh, these two guys are kind of and Volter. Obviously, lies towards um, voltage and uh, Galvani. <laughs> Galvani. <laughs> For... Uh, Galvani would be a uh, gal- galvanic, so... A galvanometer is a, a highly sensitive voltmeter. Yeah. So I guess Galvani was, uh, would have been using different... He was actually looking at different metals all uh, packed together. Uh, and as not quite, might, actually. No, OK, we'll come back. <laughs> you correct me on this one. But I, see, I, I always go the other way with this one, because I, I like the biology bit that's tied into this one, which was that as he moved some piece of equipment past um, a frog which he was dissecting because at that period of time scientists didn't deal with one particular science like we, I guess we kind of do one with specific subjects they were involved with lots of different things you know, that, uh, so he was dissecting a frog for fun uh, and was moving these materials past the frog and noticed that the frog's leg moved uh, it jumped uh, and unfortunately he kind of instead of being frightened of that he progressed to try and understand exactly what was causing that it was a transfer of electrical charge and impulse to the frog like that ends up um, but how did he get that how what was the charge coming from how what was the voltage generated by uh, no, I don't remember. It's put together. Called Mary Shelley, who would see this and would then eventually go on to write a, a fairly popular uh, horror story called Frankenstein, where the scientist transfers the electricity from an electrical bolt to allow a body to move, much like Galvani did. Okay, we need, back need, somebody needs to check uh, when Mary Shelley was around. Uh, yeah, so Galvani looked at the frog's legs. And it was different metals, so he was using metal instruments. And when those metals went in contact, the frog's leg twitched. So our bodies generally run on electricity, on charge. Not through electrons, but through ions mainly. Volta was the one that made voltaic pile. Charged different oh, alternating um, silver oh, yeah. and zinc coins. That so were essentially a battery. So that's a voltaic pile. So our battery, rather than... Uh, 
it is a storage of energy, but rather than, we think of putting electricity into batteries, but it's a mixture of chemicals mm. that when they react, produce a, produce a flow of electrons. And that flow of electrons is regulated by the difference in potential between those two equations, which generates a voltage. So it's a potential uh, difference, which is really uh, what we should be talking about when we talk yeah. about voltage. So the, the link to the courses um, in chemistry, we've got National 5, where we, we start on metals. And also that goes back to second year. So all of us are doing the reactivity series in second year. Yeah. And when you look at the different reactivity of the metals, that links onto batteries. So the bigger the difference in the reactivity of the metals, the bigger the voltage you can generate. I was going to ask you about that, because you, you mentioned in a previous one about uh, lithium-ion batteries yes. and what would be next, and you said it was sodium. Yes. Sodium-ion. Yes. Yeah, so more reactive, right? Sodium is more reactive than lithium. Yes. Yeah. So that would, <laughs> so that would just a larger voltage. There's a slight difference in that the electrochemical series is a bit different from the reactivity series, yeah. but yes, you're, you're correct. Sodium is more reactive and more abundant and cheaper. Yes. Uh, we can come on to that in a minute because there's a lot of metal uh, in there. So really, we're looking at redox reactions. And that yeah, goes National 5 chemistry, second year science and yeah. the chemical reactions, higher chemistry and, uh, and advanced higher chemistry, redox reactions where chemicals transfer electrons. And that's what we have in a battery. Yeah. When we uh, put these chemicals together, they're separated by a membrane. Yeah. And when you connect the circuit, that's when the current can flow and you generate your electricity. Assuming there's a media there that allows yes. the ions to move because it's not yeah. electrons that are moving at that kind so of stage. in a battery, you can obviously check the voltage. You've got, uh, I've got a little portable device that you just stick on the battery. Oh, it's about the size of a matchbox. Hey, you're um, from the and then <laughs> <laughs> you can measure the voltage. Is there any other way of checking whether a battery is charged or not? So, lick your fingers and stick it. <laughs> don't lick your fingers. <laughs> don't, no, no. <laughs> Anybody, hey, the kids have heard about it quite a lot, actually. Um, if you drop them, what if you, you drop a battery on a hard surface... Is this what they're trying to do with the mobile phones? It's like we're just <laughs> testing the battery's charge. If you drop a charged battery, because uh -huh. now when you've got the two metals in contact, dry contact won't work. You need a wet contact for electrons or ions to flow. Well, ions to flow. So you have a jelly-like electrolyte in a battery. Right. And if you drop that, that battery, it's like dropping jelly. It kind of absorbs itself and doesn't bounce. Right. When, when the battery is used up, you get, and this is a non-rechargeable one, you get um, an ionic compound formed at one side, which is rigid, and the battery will bounce. I'm now, I have two batteries, but I'm genuinely impressed. I'm going to check that out. I have two batteries in my classroom, which I'll get in a second. But yeah, a, bounce, a bouncy battery means that it's... Um, a dud. Yes. Now, just this is a bit of a weird aside, <laughs> but eggs... <laughs> I see where you're going Yes, with. here we go. <laughs> if you've got a boiled egg and you spin it, it will spin round for ages. Right. But if you take a, a raw egg and spin it, it won't. And that's because it's got fluid inside it. And so therefore you, it can yeah. change its radius so its inertia increases. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Physics. Oh, it's almost like all these sciences are mixed together. It's just a melting pot. Okay, so uh, we start with 230 volts out of the wall. What's our battery voltage? Because we've oh. talked about that with different reactivity. Standard is 1.5, but yeah. there are loads of different ones. 12, yeah. So 12 volt for a car battery uh, and 1.5 That's volt. a starter battery, not an electric vehicle one. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So that's, and again, that's, that's kind of the point about can you just need enough now, energy to get it going. With just a couple of mixtures of chemicals, you can't get 12 volts. So how do you get 12 volts? 
combine the cells together? Yeah. So you've got, yeah. So again, we have one cell, one electrochemical cell. Um, but if you put them up in series, then you can increase the voltage, and that's what we call a battery, isn't it? And so that's why the chemical cell yeah. turns into a battery. That's why the symbol for a battery it is the cell with the dotted lines yes. in between to represent that you can yeah. have multiple cells combined. Yeah, it's always it's always the point that you uh, we get caught with when we're doing the electrical diagrams that we've got that cell that is kind of the big line and the small line, and that the battery is multiples of those. In the same way that you, the very I can I can't really think of any uh, devices that have got the house toys or anything else that just use one single cell. One yeah, one yeah. batteries, and normally yeah. you multiples of them that you've got. Yeah. You know, for and it is slightly confusing because common language would say, Can you pass me a battery? Pass and actually, battery, it should be, exactly. pass me a cell. Mm. Yeah. How many batteries are made in the UK? Because again, we've got a lot of input. There are chemicals that are put in here. No ideas. Hmm? I'm going to say billions. Right, what have I got? In America, <laughs> three billion dry cell batteries are sold each year. Three billion. Uh, 99 million wet cell batteries. Now the wet cell ones are things that are used in cars, the dry cell ones are like your double A's and triple A's. And that, that nomenclature, the double A's and triple A's, is about the size, whether they're round or not. I'm assuming 2.9 billion of them were bought alongside Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all contain heavy metals, so they're all quite dangerous. Every time we use a battery, yeah. we've got heavy metals and dangerous chemicals in there, yeah. or corrosive chemicals. So that makes the compounds that when a battery goes off, you know, you, you have a battery coming here, that crusty kind of... Yeah, they're, they're alkaline. Yeah, Usually we've got alkaline batteries. Now the alkalines keep the ions there, I guess. Um, but that can corrode the structure yeah. and it leaks out. Um, that's what ends up gunking up the electrodes or gunking up it's the contact points. Yeah. It's disposal of batteries yeah. which is the big issue, yep. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Once they're done, because that's when you have, if you go to the shops, there'll be like a big yes. sort of container and it's all oh, right, drop your old that's batteries in. More of a drive, so you should really recycle your batteries. And well, I guess you, you should never. You should never put these things in a bin. They really need yeah, to be that's recycled. Right. That's right. Uh, and obviously, the risk with these things is: well, one, you've got you've got loads of chemicals, you've got loads of components, loads of uh, materials yeah. within them that can leach out and contaminate waterways, etc. The other one is that they actually can actually end up causing fires and explosions and right. things with with those. And um, materials that are breaking down. I guess a lot of batteries as well, you probably come on to this, a lot of batteries, like things like mobile phones, etc. I guess the main, because they're using, many of them using metals like nickel cadmium batteries or lithium ion batteries, essentially these are, they're, they're, those metals are not readily available. They, you know, there's a finite amount of those. We're using a lot of them. You just gave a massive number there for batteries. Uh, and we're not recovering any of that stuff back. I think of the materials that are kind of left behind. We just go, well, it's disposable. It's just get another battery. I mean, I'm as guilty as any of that's, that's dead. Throw that, in a, throw that in a drawer because I'll catch that another time when I'm looking for another battery for something else and I will invariably pick out I'm the one that I forgot. people are going home dropping batteries to see if they're charged yeah. or not. And if they, they bounce, put them in the recycling. Put them in the recycling. <laughs> but you can get a voltmeter to check the voltage. You can. So the, the, the voltage will drop off as they use, so 1.5 volts, and if it, my one just has green for, uh, I don't know what it's above actually, green for useful, and then red for too low a voltage. Usually when you get to about 1.2 or <coughs> yeah. less, it just 
gives up yeah. and goes. Recharge one's interesting, might not make 1.5 volts. One yeah, of the kids had a mobile well, and the rechargeable ones wouldn't power the mobile actually. Strictly speaking, if you, if so this would be done in higher physics, if you connect a, a battery to a source, as soon as you do that, you lose some energy driving the current through the battery. That's Internal yeah, resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even if you've got a fully charged battery that's labelled 1.5 volts, you'll maybe only get about 1.4. Yeah. And yeah. in invariably, that's what we tend to find when we're doing the experiments for us that built in the circuits, etc. And part of it will be about the accuracy of our equipment, potentially. Uh, but a lot of it will be the fact that you know a, a 1.5 might not be exactly what it says in the tin. Uh, so, still on the recycling and the disposal, in the UK I found 38,000 tonnes per annum each year, 38,000 tonnes of batteries. Now, that linked into an interesting bit, a previous podcast about how we measure stuff, because I don't know what 38,000 oh, yeah. tonnes looks like, but also I don't know what a blue whale looks like. But that equates you know to what? 362 blue whales. 362 blue whales. You've never, you've never been in London at the National Museum and wandered through the skeleton of a blue whale. It's massive. I'm wondering whether you know, buses or something might be more appropriate. I don't know. Anyway. The problem with disposing batteries, especially nowadays, if we're thinking about phones, because that's probably must have, yeah. that must have increased the number of batteries being made oh, yeah. exponentially. You can't get your battery out of your phone now. You True. used to be able to take the back mm-hmm. of your phone off, take your yeah. battery out and buy a replacement battery. Yeah. You can't reply buy a replacement yeah. battery anymore without They're completely all. taking apart your phone. Yeah. So these companies have made it so that you have, if your battery so yep. I don't Dispose know if you've ever seen a phone battery that's done, it swells up and it breaks, essentially breaks the phone. So you have to dispose of the entire thing. So we're not necessarily being sustainable with that. Mm-hmm. Like it should go back. Like there was a big right. thing about you need to make uh, appliances fixable. Yeah. So surely we should be holding accountable these phone companies and say, well, you need to make your phones fixable. You can't just keep like a lot of these expecting. So there must be a regulation for that that says your phones are not. I do have thought. Um, you would have thought so. make, make unless sense. it's not been picked up you can have a quick google and find out uh, we throw away 600 million batteries a year now this one I could probably relate to 600 million batteries if they're laid end to end that would go to from the UK to Australia and back each year oh, geez. That's a lot. yeah now that puts it into context blue oh. whale thing I can't get my head around quite but that I'm thinking that's a long way uh, 40,000 tonnes of batteries were sold in 2020 and staying on the recycling theme, how much of that was recycled? 50%, oh, well, 75%, 80%? I would say about 10%. 8%. Oh, gosh, we're, we're harsh on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Close to 50%. Oh, hmm. well, I'm, so I'm our 40,000 40, tonnes, we've got 18,000 tonnes recycled. Yeah, so that's okay. what? 40% or something, I don't know. Well, might be hardly on then something. Uh, but yeah, we have got the battery collection bins, but we can't. We wouldn't throw a phone in the battery collection bin. We do need to put Just that. The I don't know where that can go if you can't open the back of your phone. Um, and the EU has proposed an overhaul of rules of batteries, aiming to make all types of batteries sold in the EU easier to remove and replace. Yeah, I guess so a lot of companies are still going for the kind of the built-in obsolescence. Yeah. So you know, all the good doesn't work anymore. You need a new phone. You um, need a new TV. You need sticky. New Sticking on batteries and making them, uh, there's odd places you can generate a voltage. Fruit. Like your foot. Fruit. Oh, fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the fruit then. Go on. Fruit battery. 
Oh yeah, but that's that's the, the fruit acts as an electrolyte, doesn't it? So you can you but so you're actually replacing the fruit is replacing salt solution or a wet paper towel or something to connect the metals because you can do that with potato, but the metals are generating the battery. But in your mouth. So if you have. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you've got fillings, your fillings are amalgam or metal. If you right. if you do have a metal substance in your mouth, uh, like if you have aluminium oh. foil or something, oh, yeah, you I get sparks oh, generators. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that's you generating a voltage in your mouth from the two different metals in your saliva. Is the electrolyte. There's also something called the Lasagna battery. Now we're talking. I mean, <laughs> Garfield's all over this. <laughs> And again, it's, it's the concept of two different metals reacting together in this concept of redox. If, you, if you've got a metal pan that you cook a lasagna in, uh-huh. and not ceramic, of course, metal, and then you put tin foil over the top to keep it in the fridge or something, uh-huh. the lasagna generally is quite salty, and that's your electrolyte, and you can actually get burn bits on your lasagna because you've generated a voltage which creates a current between the two, and you can get just a little burnt <laughs> aluminium. <laughs> Mr. Atkins is like, no, what are you no, get, get out like, of here. No. <laughs> that's a of disbelief. That should be the podcast picture today. I'm just, l- I'm just listening with odd amazement, that's all. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, I'm not doubtful at all. See, I'm just thinking that maybe the, uh, the Matrix had the right kind of idea, because they were, uh, the, the basis, the conceit of the Matrix is that a battle between humans and uh, uh, robots, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm... Um, because the humans were losing and decided that the best bet to, to try and beat them is to take away their power source, so they effectively blocked out the sun, which seems dangerous, I would suspect, because killing photosynthesis, no oxygen on the earth, but okay, fair enough. I, and to get around that, uh, the robots not having any power source for themselves decided to just use humans as batteries. So they were going to use the energy, the BTUs, however much a human generates, do we know how much a human generates? Not very much. Not a lot, yeah. And, that's, and also, that's, how that's, efficient are we at generating And energy? that's exactly the point, there's a massive plot hole with, hole with this thing, but you know, it's a nice idea that we're going to use, uh, use your enemies to try and power your own systems that you've got there. But you're absolutely right, in terms of the efficiency, um, we consume a hell of a lot more energy than we perhaps release in terms of heat, uh, which is what essentially the, the matrix robots are, are trying to use us for. That's a wee trivia question for you, and t- when we talk about electric cars and things, right, and the power, that would, or the, the energy that we needed to power them, how much energy does the UK, electrical energy, does the UK generate compared to how much we use currently? So well, we what, do, we do, of, do we, pre- do we generate, so is it 20%, 30%, 40%? How much more energy do we generate than we use up at the moment? I don't know. 5%. So at the moment, with most cars out there being petrol or diesel, yeah, yeah. at the moment, we, the UK only generates 5% more energy than it uses. So if every car becomes fully electric... Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, another discussion there with reacting to what you need, supply and demand, isn't yeah. there? With because at the moment that's not feasible, but in future you think it would be feasible. I guess that ties back to the old. You know, I mean, I'm, again, I'm old. I remember that whole thing about and um, used to be a thing that 
because we didn't stream and programmes were on at particular times, you would see a surge in the national grid, so they yeah. would actually they'd line themselves up at particular points at the end of uh, you know, the, Christmas, the advert points for a, for a Christmas movie, because they knew that everybody would be taking that opportunity to go and make a cup of tea, go to the bathroom, or go and make themselves That's uh, a cheese sandwich. Question. When is the greatest peak in the UK for energy, an energy surge in the UK? It's at about 3.45pm on the day of the FA Cup final because exactly as you just said, there's so many well, million people that watch the game and then at half-time, we all go into the kitchen let, within minutes Let's keep, keep it on batteries. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm digressing. I'm digressing. <laughs> but also, because let's link that back to how we... Because we generate electricity from a variety of sources. We've obviously got our fossil fuels, we've got our wind turbines, hydroelectric. Yeah. Hydroelectric is basically energy storage as well. We wouldn't call it a battery. But nuclear power generates electricity, we can't turn it off very easily, so when the downtime overnight, it pumps water up a hill into a reservoir mm -hmm. and stores the energy as potential well, energy, then cool. releases it. Now with wind turbines, we can't do that. Wind turbines are all over the place. Yeah. So they must store it as a battery as well. It must do, it must be a battery. Yeah, so that, as the wind turbines turn, you'd imagine that goes in. Does anybody know much about the batteries? Because even with wave, all these renewables, you're thinking it's going into... Because it, the wind energy, it might be windy over the night when nobody needs electricity. You've got to store that somewhere. And presumably that goes into a battery. All these batteries, though, unlike our Duracell ones, must be rechargeable. Mm. Which also goes back to our chemistry. It's heavily chemistry as you think yeah. more physics in the fact that you look at reversible reactions as well. Yeah. Chemical reactions not only go one way, but a closed system can go back the way. But also that's that's a finite thing as well because rechargeable yeah. batteries you can't the and like the like your phones the efficiency of that that ability to recharge your battery will reduce over a period of time. They're built yeah, for a certain number right. of uses, and I guess that's the thing as well with your your phone batteries. It is more efficient. It doesn't feel like it, but it's more efficient to have full battery and let it drain and then re uh, recharge it rather than topping it up. Right. Um, and I think batteries are getting better for that in terms also, of at least also research. I really. wouldn't recommend charging a battery to 100%. No, apparently not, yes. Because the, if you look at the graph of voltage with time, the, the gradient of the graph is steepest when the batteries or the potential difference that we talked about earlier is low. Yeah. So the more battery or the more charge in your battery, the greater the force of repulsion yeah. in the circuit. So therefore, the Again, time and energy for the last 20% is so much more than the first 20 Just the state at this time, we're not battery <coughs> experts, so have a look, have a read and have a find out. Batteries are changing all the time. Definitely. How do we measure our batteries then? Because obviously you've got, if you're putting a amount of electricity in there, it's a bit weird, you've got it at 1.5 volts. How do we measure the capacity of it? No, but that'll tell you how much voltage it has at the moment. So it'll tell you it's 1.5 volts or one volt or less than one volt and it can't be used to power anything so it can't push the electrons through the device and get it to work. You can measure the capacitance. You get what way? Yeah. Well, you can, in the same way that you use a voltmeter to measure voltage, you get capacitance meters to measure capacitance. Capacitance, so... But that not just measure the amount of electrons which you can't do in a battery. Uh, that's a capacitor, surely, not, a, not the how much... What I'm trying to think of is you've got a reservoir of water, you know oh, yeah, you yeah, through right. several thousand yeah, litres of water and generate so much electricity. In a battery you need to know how much electricity, if you like, is in there. It's capacity, isn't it? It's capacity. It's it's capacity. Kilowatt hours. Capacitance. Yeah, it's time. capacitance is charge over voltage. 
So it's the charge per right. volt. I wasn't thinking necessarily capacitors as in capacitors, but so you can get uh, one amp power. So release one amp for one hour. Yeah, it's a, it's a discharge. Yeah, discharge or one kilowatt hour. And this is where <coughs> it's a little bit confusing in whether you need watts or amps. So watts per. Um, and how long time, something it? will last and that would be nice to know that if you've got your battery in your phone how long that will last if you could measure that it would be quite good then you'd actually have some idea of when the phone is going to run out a lot of so the bigger phones nowadays they have a, a battery capacity of around about 3000 milliamp hours and I guess that's the thing as well because um, like, you're, like in a car it gives you an indication of like your miles per gallon or yeah, how far yeah, your, your yeah. distance you're going to have, but that will change on how you drive. Yeah, so yeah. if you are, again, in your phone, if you're using higher, uh, higher energy usage applications, your, your battery, your, your battery will You drink. do have a little battery at the top, and it does show it when it's running out, doesn't it? So you know when yeah. Well, what I was thinking is, when you charge my phone, my phone tells me how long it will take to be fully charged. Like, mm. So... Oh, mine does. Surely, so it means if I, if I plug mine in, it'll say, like... <coughs> 53 minutes right. left until full battery, yeah. it's 100% charge. So surely it can't be that much. Well, again, this is being very flippant, but surely it can't be that much to invert that and just have a... Oh, yeah, it's on your phone, isn't it? Your phone will tell you when your phone's running out. It tells you the percentage. Right, so my kids, time, because you have the time going one way, surely... It like, does. Some, some, some terribly smart person could come up with a way of showing me going... It does already. It shows you. Your no, battery shows it's running out. No, but a, a time. So like you have 53 minutes left oh, until you need to go and charge right, rather than okay. saying 53 minutes until it's fully charged. I think yes. in much the same way as the iPads, if you bring it in with like 5% on it, there's a good chance it won't last. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious that you should probably recharge it. Just, just put it out, yeah. Here's a question <laughs> for, both, uh, for everyone. Is, should yeah, should if a, a battery is fully charged, should you instantly disconnect it from means? So if you're recharging a battery, or is it, or no, is, it, it is it more efficient to to? to it depends on your battery. Let's like say batteries are changing all the time, but sometimes it will say in the instructions it goes down to trickle charge. Yeah. So it does do something and it reduces that amount going in. So it depends on what it says on your instructions. <coughs> if you throw it away, because yeah. you always get told don't charge your phone overnight because. Wasting energy. But it is. Well, you will be. Down to trickle. But it's the same as lots of odd things. If yeah. one do person does it, it's not. You do get phones now that will, they have that smart charging. So yeah. the current will be quite large for the first 80%. Yeah. And then it'll figure out when you would normally use it in the morning. So then it'll say, right, I know that so and so checks their phone at 7 a.m. Yeah. So the last 20%, it'll figure out, well, this is the rate I need to charge that so that it's 100% for just before 7 a.m. Let's move on to inductive charging, because if we, we, we understand if we plug it into the wall, we're putting current into it. We've got current from the wall, we've got voltage. But there's new charges where you just put your phone on, you're not actually physically connecting in terms of plugging something in. Yeah. How does that work? It's an inductive it's, coil. It's electromagnetic, isn't it? Well, let's have a bit more information, because I don't know what you mean. Essentially, there's a, so I've got one from my watch. Because that's easy to say, but yeah. what does that actually do? So there's a, in fact, you get them, for example, this phone case does it as well. There's a little um, inductive coil in there. And what does that and mean? And then whenever you connect, if you move the two surfaces close together, and then you've current flowing through the charging lead, that 
generates a change in magnetic field that induces a current in the inductive loop in the phone or the watch or the whatever. So it's all magnets. Yes. So the yes. magnets get and if you get movement in a magnet, you're yeah. generating current, which is the basis of a turbine. Yeah. If you've got something moving and then a magnetic field, you shove the electrons through. So you're getting and a you, charge yeah. and a magnet kind and of. And you induce a voltage across oh. the device. So which is quite. Fleming's right hand rule. Fleming's right hand rule. Yeah, that's not one thing. Yeah. Come on, everyone, remember. Recycling. Never leaves you. Physics never leaves. What's bad about? Because we talked about chucking batteries away and it's bad. We did talk not directly about it, but why is it so bad to chuck batteries away if we just put them in the landfill? We've got the the acid fires. And that comes from lithium, yep. lithium being formed or sodium being formed, it's and that reacts with water, so you could get fires that way. That's, that's, why, that's why some of the, the portable devices were going on fire. But what else is in the battery which is... The acid in the, the battery as well. Well, quite alkaline, alkaline, alkaline batteries, but lead acid batteries in cars, yeah, that wouldn't be, that's particularly corrosive. But it's, it's more the, the heavy metals, we've got mercury, which is very toxic, lead, toxic, cadmium, all very toxic heavy metals in the yeah, I mean, transition metal area of the periodic table, which are all quite toxic. Loads of materials within the batteries that are made yeah, up here, and the yeah. structures, the metal off them, a lot of them all up, again, even plastics, etc., associated with it. Again, uh, it's not to overemphasize it, but it's, it's this whole thing about um, being responsible about what you're actually using. The, you can dispose of your batteries at supermarkets, etc., it's good to do so. Uh, because you want to try and control how these things are being disposed of. There's also, I mean, lithium is, in, well, we're running out of lithium, I guess, so recycling is there, so sodium is more abundant, which would be useful to use. But cobalt, I, I, I do remember a long time ago when I was doing one of these kind of what you know about elements things, somebody said cobalt was Usain's training partner. Cobalt. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, see, did, did. Wow, dad jokes for 2023, come and get them. <laughs> I'm sure Cara's listening, but yeah, <laughs> well done. Um, so yeah, cobalt is mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo. 6% of our cobalt comes from there, which apparently is not very ethical. It's it shocked me. Yeah, isn't no, that because one of, that, one of the many, many countries in Africa that have wars over resources? Wars and child labour as mm. well. So when we think about things, obviously these days we're thinking about more about where they come from and uh, how they're... Part of the S3 science course as well. You're looking yeah. at the S3 science. S3 science about ethical yeah. harvesting of ethical metals mining. and all there, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's saying here that uh, cotton cobalt, I don't know how uh, up to date this one is, but it's suggesting that cobalt had reached uh, a price per tonne of $71,000 uh, per tonne uh, for cobalt. Uh, again, those prices are going to be tied into obviously the difficulty to get it and the um, the amount of that material. Essentially, you're now talking about precious metals, yeah. metals that you wouldn't know, because we normally think about precious metals as being things like gold and silver and platinum, but we are making these metals precious because we we want them, we'll be using them and we require them now, because can you imagine right now trying to replace all our phones for lithium-ion batteries overnight? There's, there's other issues with recycling. Uh, the polymer glue that holds them together is, is uh, not very easy to break into. So in terms of future and uh, employment and research, battery science is, is a key area, especially for our chemists. And you've got polymer science there, to sort of, uh, creating a polymer that can be taken apart to recycle the batteries. 
the heavy metal stuff and also generating electricity. Which case kind of brings us full circle back round to the um, British vault having mm-hmm. um, effectively failed. Part of what they, they have is the intellectual property that was associated with uh, developing new battery technology with developing something that we could use to replace it, and now that's that's. We'll finish with cars. Time's coming on a, a wee bit. We've got to look at wrapping it up, but we do have Mr. Axon does have a um, an electric vehicle, an EV. Um, I've got a one f- a couple of facts about cars. The Tesla 2006 Roadster has lithium-ion batteries. How many cells? Because obviously it's got to generate a huge voltage. 3,800 or something? Something like that. It's thousands of what? cells. Thousands yeah. of electrochemical cells in there. Um, Do you not remember back in the day when Tesla was just starting up and how like, every other week you would hear, oh, it's yeah, just, just Tesla has exploded. Tesla has set off fire. Now look at the, now look at where yes. they are in terms of the reliability. So God, he's actually now, he's in the Guinness World Records as having lost the yeah. most money than anybody else. Because one day, of, yeah. this, it's about because half a tonne of battery in the car. It's 900 pounds. Yeah, about half a tonne. About eight years before the battery performance drops. So the recharging and charging has come on. So that's what I mean about battery evolving as we go through and as we need better batteries. We're already at schools, we're connecting two bits of metal. But battery technology is way ahead. Always was, I suppose, in terms of that. But way ahead. In terms of safety, I think it can depend. Mine is at the front, so in the space where the engine would normally be, it's just the batteries there. so tell us how you're getting on. We were talking the other day about <coughs> winter weather because as a chemical reaction, again linking into rates, as the, as the weather cools down, you get I think you get less power or it must be less voltage perhaps because the, the reaction so is slower. You know you were saying about miles per gallon and things. Yeah. You do get the wee computer that tells you and it tells you how much voltage. So at a full charge, I don't know, 400 volts in mine. 400 volts. 400 volts. Bearing in mind the mains is 230. Right, okay. Uh, whenever, I, okay. whenever I floor it, if I hit the accelerator as much as I can, then I can, it would peak at around about 140, 150 amperes, uh, like for full acceleration, but you obviously don't get that for very And again, long. 150 amps, we're talking about maximum current of 13 amps out yeah. of the mains. Oh yeah, I mean, one, <laughs> one, ampere, one ampere would be more than enough to kill you. And yeah, yeah, I think it's like 50 yeah. microamps or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And But the thing that I've noticed when we were talking about in the weather, so at a full charge, it'll tell you, right, you've got about 150 miles of range, 160 miles of range. The second I press the air conditioning or the heating, because it's cold outside, it immediately drops by about 10, 15%. Yeah, yeah. And then if you press it off, it goes back up again. So it's taken into account that you're using this and you're probably going to use it for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. And that's the inherent problem with that electric batteries right now is the range. Yeah, big so time. Whereas I can go to Sky in five hours on half a tank of fuel. And even if you Maybe just get yeah. there. So yeah, we could do the economical driving season. And even if you do need to recharge, quote unquote, or to refuel, how long is it? Like five minutes, ten minutes? Uh, but again, face that with worldwide destruction of our planet. I mean, you know, turns around about. Just um, but it does make sure it does go places and vehicles. It makes it sound like it's just a bike all the time. So, <laughs> so with energy density is something as well. How much energy you've got for each fuel? But we're also talking about because the car is the hydrocarbon car is designed that when you or is used, 
the, the engine warms up and you can yeah. get heat off that, whereas mm. you can't do that. Your battery doesn't generate much heat. Which so just now, I'm assuming it's really, really efficient. I'm not sure. I don't. So I get in in the summer when it's warm, and you're talking, you know, the, the reaction in the battery. Yeah. I'll get about four point two miles per kilowatt hour. Yeah. If it's really cold just now and I need to use the heating. It'll be half of that easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow! And again, you're slipping into the terms of kilowatt hours. You've got that the, the terminology right, yeah. whereas miles per gallon is normally what we talk about yeah. for fuels. Whereas it's you're already switching to kilowatt hours. Yeah. And it's going to be that. interesting actually, all with that changing. And so, it's, I wonder, and I'll actually start to wonder if we maybe uh, generationally that we will end up experiencing the whole thing that my folks got going from like pounds yeah. and shillings to or, uh, shillings and pence yes. to kind of pounds, etc. We're going to go from miles per gallon or the case of kilometers per hour into this kilowatt hours it's, mm. it's going to be weird that's not already in that situation I couldn't tell you what a gallon is no of course <laughs> you <laughs> in terms of you're talking about blue whales and, and visualising blue whales people four talk nine. about gallons all the time I eight pints are about four litres four and a half litres UK yeah. UK gallon see that, two bottles so of beer like beer so you kind of that's a lot of beer. <laughs> gallon of beer. That's a lot of beer. Right, we'll wow. stop there before we do. <laughs> <laughs> Drop yourself. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you.